Today's episode of Found Down is brought to you by Unwound Retreats. Unwound Retreats offers fun events and travel experiences for nurses locally and internationally. Founded by me, Nicole Johnson, ICU nurse and host of the Found Down podcast, I provide opportunities for nurses to practice self-care, learn, and travel together. These last two years have been brutal in healthcare, and why not give yourself the gift to unwind, learn, and grow? Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unwound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. This is a podcast of untold nursing stories that are sometimes hilarious, dark, insane, and anything in between. As a warning, this show is rated E and is mature in content. It often deals with the reality of life and death and how we as nurses intersect with that on a regular basis. If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. We love what we do and have every intention of continuing to do so. With that, enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Found Down Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and I am so stoked because I am my former boss and also esteemed former colleague and just a lovely person altogether. I have Carrie Nazenbenny with me on the show today. She is the chief, sorry, associate chief nursing officer at a major academic medical center in Seattle, Washington. You know, I wanted to have her on the show to kind of give her sense of how things have gone in her leadership role. like. What, what her viewpoint has been of this pandemic and what, what sort of she's, how she's experienced it and kind of find out like what, what challenges are we facing now and what sort of our thoughts are on all of this. But, you know, before I do any of that, hi, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a big fan of the show and I've like I said, I've listened to most of these. I need to listen to the one where Des interviews you because I'm super excited to listen to that. <laughs> uh, well, um, she 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 put me in the hot seat for sure. So um, yeah, I, I just I can't believe you listened to all the episodes. That is insane. You've really like that's not insane, but like I, I'm just honored that you have because I you know my fear in the, during this show is always like, I'm going to say something, I'm going to get fired from my job. So if there's somebody, <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know what I love about the show is it's so real and it just is, it just digs into everything that everyone is feeling and experiencing and doing right now. And it, it just, it, it's so needed. And I just, I really appreciate the honesty, the vulnerability. Um, it's, you do a phenomenal job oh. and it's an honor to be here. Ah, well, I'm just so blessed. Right back at you, Carrie. Um, how are you today, March 22nd, right now in 2022? Uh, you know, well, the sun's out and that always helps, right? And I can see the blue sky in your background. So that always makes me happy is to see a little sun. Um, and I've been feeling better lately. You know, our numbers are solidly down. Though I, you know, that little anxiety part of me keeps looking at what's happening in Europe. And then I like get really um, anxious again about the fact that like, I just can't, I don't know if I can do it again. I'm like, I think I've said that from previous surges and we always do. Right. And if we have to, we will, but I just, I look at that with such dread and anxiety that I'm just like, Oh, I can't, I can't go there. So I've stopped looking at it, trying to put that aside and then just enjoy this moment that we have, however long, however long it lasts. Yeah, right. 
Um, I know I keep telling Rob, I'm like, we're going to, we're going to going out, we're going out to a restaurant. We're going to go to El Gaucho. I'm like, we got to go do something, do some, have some fun before, you know, this, another surge comes and gets us. Um, this I'm interested in your thoughts. Um, because how was this last, last wave for you versus the, the previous ones? Um, well, before I answer that, how are you? Oh, today, today I'm good. Um, I was just telling Carrie before the show started that I actually have a real cold, like it's the probably old school coronavirus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) as Martha told me, she was like, Oh, it's the old school Rona. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm feeling better. I'm just stuffy, but I, you know, I did five antigen tests and one PCR and, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just a cold. So I'm congested. Um, I'm good as you, you know, I mean, it's 64 degrees right now, 64. I know it feels like spring, right? Yeah. It feels great. Um, I'm also very hopeful about things currently, but it's a little bit on guard. So yeah, I don't know. It's just weird because, you know, what happens outside of the hospital always impacts us inside the hospital. Yeah. And so it'll be really interesting to see like what happens with the mask mandates being lifted. And like, you know, I'm looking at our numbers and our, at our, at our hospital organization. Um, and you know, I can, there's a tiny creep up like a teensy, teensy baby. And I'm like, is that the start? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to edit that out. Um, (laughs) Okay. So, okay. Before. Yeah. I guess I want to go back to like, how, how was this last experience for you? How has it been actually being a leader and a nursing leader in this pandemic? Yeah. You know, this last surge was really hard. I think and probably the hardest one, the first one was really hard too, but this last one, I think in many ways was the most difficult because it was that, you know, everything came together, right? We ha- had so many staff out who were sick. We had an incredible surge of patients that was like no other. We were using spaces that really aren't, weren't meant for patient care. We had team members from the OR who were, you know, helping in, in patient spaces. So it was like, really sort of everything came to a head, I think, in this last surge. And then layer on top of that, the fact that like everyone's exhausted and emotionally beat down and just like, you know, sort of barely scraping by emotionally and physically. And, and then, you know, and then there's short two and three nurses, a shift right on every unit, right? It just, it felt, and it just didn't, it took a while to feel like we were making any sort of progress as far as staffing, you know, or that there was any end in sight. It just, it, it came on really suddenly, you know, right around Christmas coincided with snow, like, honestly, like, thank you so much weather gods. And then we were in it from there on out and it just never got, we never felt like we got a breath and it was just so hard to see people struggling, you know, that emotional struggle to come to work, feeling short, feeling beat down, having to take care of these, you know, increased loads of patients. And it just, it was, you know, everyone was doing their absolute best and prioritizing what was important. And I think, you know, everyone was, we did what we could. It just, it was hard. I think, and I think for so many reasons, um, 
it was probably the hardest one we've gone through. You know, the first phase was really hard because we didn't know what we didn't know even, right? And uh, and people got sick. You know, I mean, I just, I still remember, acutely remember telling people not to wear masks, right? I mean, there was just... Yeah. And so like we resolved so much of that. It was great. And this last surge, we, you know, we knew how to do this, but that had a layer of just, you know, having hundreds of our staff out and, and not just nurses, our CNAs, our unit secretaries, our everywhere. therapists, right? It was like in the lab, people in the lab, like yeah. everybody everywhere. Yeah. Docs. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just was like, you just felt like you were short, like you're missing an arm or something, right? Like it was, uh, and it was yeah. hard as a leader. Like, I think we were doing, we were pulling every lever we could to make it better and it wasn't getting better. Right. And, and that's a really hard feeling. Like I'm used to being able to fix things. Like that's what I, I like to do is to fix things and make things better. And most of the time, all I could do is just listen and, you know, try to absorb some of that, the frustration, the fear, the, you know, just the, all the emotions that everybody was experiencing and to not be able to do anything about it was really it was really challenging. And, and, you know, you felt some of that too, from patients as you, as we round on patients, right. I mean, I remember oh, one yeah. day rounding in the ED and we had, I don't know, 15 or 20 patients waiting on the, the waiting room who hadn't been able, you know, the EDs backed up, right. We had so many patients and so one lady was crying. I just, you just feel terrible and sort of helpless, I think all at the same time, because your usual ways of fixing things don't work. Yeah. I'm going to just say, you know, Carrie is like an amazing leader and she does just such an excellent job of, um, you know, trying to keep everybody in the know and just lead by example. And she's just a phenomenal person to work under. I I'm just going to tell you everybody out there. So, um, thank you, Nicole. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course you, um, like, I can't imagine though, like, did you, you must've lost sleep. Like what <laughs> were you <laughs> like coming, <laughs> co- coming home to Paul and being like, you've got it so easy. Like, I mean, I, sometimes leaders in, in nursing administrators get a bad rap because they're like, not quote unquote in the trenches. And I, I don't believe in that. Like, honestly, I, I believe that we, there's work to be done everywhere and people have to be in these leadership roles, you know, to make change and to just to like you anyway, how, like you probably were putting like 80 hours a week. I mean, like how, how, how did you survive that? You know, I think you, at least in sort of those initial weeks where you survive on adrenaline and you just sort of put one foot in front of the next, right. You're, you know, we're opening up endo and it's just as like, you're like, okay, we're going to keep going. We're going to make it work. And, um, and you don't, you don't sleep or, I mean, I, I always could fall asleep, but I can't stay asleep. And I wake up at two and three o'clock in the morning, like worrying and, you know, preservating about this and that, and, you know, what's tomorrow going to look like. Um, and, you know, at some point in time, you start to make peace with that and you start to sleep a little bit better, but it's, at least in those, probably that first four to six weeks when there's just so much happening and you're still not really sure, like where this is going to go. Right. I think that's yeah. the hard part. Like you get into these surges and you're like, okay, where's the end point? And you know, we don't ever realize that until we for several weeks past it. I'm like, Oh, okay. We crossed that threshold. And then you can take a deep breath and go, okay, it's going to get better. Our staff are starting to come back. Our numbers are starting to come down. 
there's, there is an end in sight, but you know, until you get to that point, it's just as it is a, it's a mix of adrenaline, anxiety, a lot of ice cream. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I am, I'm a, I'm an exercise freak. So that's how I sort of deal with my stress as I get up early and I have a rower that I love and a bike and just kind of like work out my stress there. And I'm already tired. So what difference does it make? Right. And <laughs> <laughs> that's great advice. And yeah. then you get some serotonin and like, yeah. or, you know, dopamine and you're like, Oh, okay. And then I impulse buy. I'm a terrible impulse buyer. I'm like, Ooh, what am I going to buy today? <laughs> oh my God. Can you share? What was the thing you bought today? Uh, I didn't buy anything today, but I, I do remember just buying, like, you know, just going on Amazon and being like, okay, I need that and that and that, you know, like, just cause it yep. made me feel better for like that 10 seconds. Right. <laughs> sure. You're like, great. Awesome. Um, what, hmm. This is a totally, totally a personal question, but do you have a therapist? Do you even have time for therapy therapist? You know, um, I don't, but my family, we went through a lot of therapy a couple years ago, um, with one of my kiddos. And so we did some family therapy, we did some individual therapy in that process. And I learned a lot of practices through that. So it was um, a program called dialectical behavioral therapy. And, um, it's a really interesting approach that like allows you to see that you can hold two truths that seem very opposite. You mm-hmm. hold space for them. Like I'm doing my best and I could do better. Like as like one of the tenets of dialectical behavioral therapy, and then it's rooted in mindfulness. And so those practices have, and then they also teach you a lot of like stress reduction sort of, you know, how do you monitor your own emotions? And it sounds a little hokey, but, um, it's really, it's evidence-based. Um, and it really, I think it changed me as a parent. That was the whole reason we went through it, but as also a leader, I really have leaned into a lot of those skills, particularly through really stressful times like this, particularly you know, the mindfulness piece, learning to like, accept that, like, like two different truths can be true at the same time. Like this is really bad and it'll get better. Right. Or, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> like those things, like, you know, I mean, that's really simplified, but you know, yeah. I think I've drawn back on those skills. I've looked back through my notes. I've really, um, so I haven't felt that need, but if I didn't, if I wasn't grounded in that, I think I'd be in a much worse place. And I think, you know, that year and a half of that really it was pretty intensive there every week. And, um, really helped me build some better skills to manage my own emotional and personal well-being through this, this period. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing. I'm going to look into that. That sounds really cool. I, I love that idea of just like, like back during that, that surge is like, Oh, welcome to hell on earth. That's actually not really hell. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's not really how, but feel, feels like it. Yeah. Um, can you, I guess we're talking about challenges. What do you think right now we're facing as like big challenges in the healthcare world? Um, and what do you see from your, from your viewpoint? Yeah. I mean, you know, staffing is the obvious one, but honestly, I think that's just a symptom rather than the actual problem. I mean, we have to fix staffing, made a lot of practice or progress here 
um, on the campus I work, staffing's in a much better place, which helps people then, I think, appreciate all the other challenges we have. And as I, I think I look out across the landscape of healthcare, I think, you know, there's there's these kind of buckets of like well-being, right? I mean, I think, I, I don't know what the literature says, but a huge percentage of our workers are burned out for obvious reasons, really good reasons. We need to learn how to support them. We've lost connection, right? I think all of our teams have been really disrupted in this last year and, and we need to figure out how to like re-team, rebuild those connections, rebuild that trust, right? That's the other piece that I see is, is that like, is that, you know, the ways that we used to have for building trust, for building teams, for building connections, we've lost some of those. And so how do we have to think differently? We have to like act differently, right? We have to rebuild our work environments, I think, and really be deliberate about that because it's, we, because we've had to, right? We've had to focus on other things. We've been in this sort of crisis mode that all of those pieces that I think mm-hmm. help and sustain us. I mean, I think about all the years we work together, what what kept me there was the connections, was the people, was the trust, right? That we had all built. And and while that's still, you can still see those tentacles of that. And it's, I think, grounded in the community we work in. I, I worry about that moving forward. And so I think we have to, you know, and there's trust, I think, lost between staff and leaders, right? I think that's something we have to work on. And really thinking about what does that future look like? How do we take care of our people? You know, how do we build up our people again? How do we support our folks? And I think we ultimately, we're gonna have to really think differently and think creatively and, you know, put our best minds and feet forward and work on this together. I mean, it's not me sitting in a room thinking about this, right? I think it's all of us have to come together and say, what do we want that future to look like? And how do we get there? And, and then I think we have to resource that and really support it. And, and I think if we don't, I think we're going to be we're still going to have a staffing problem, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I think staffing, will, you know, while it's terrible and we have to fix it, that's really the symptom more than the problem. And then, you know, I mean, I think we have to think about things like flexibility and, you know, what do work schedules look like? How do we, you know, how do we help people keep working with a schedule that makes sense for them and be flexible? Mm-hmm. How do we help people do different things if they don't want to do the job they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. I think- there's, I think this is where we really need to focus our time and energy. And, and then that will help us. I mean, you know, we've seen challenges in some of our quality areas, but I, I think those again are a symptom. I think people are, you know, they're, yeah. they're burnt out, they're frustrated, they're tired, they're exhausted in a way that's like fundamental. And, and so I think we have to really focus our energy and healing our teams, rebuilding our teams, healing our people. And, um, and I, you know, I don't have a, I don't know exactly what that looks like, I guess, but mm. I do know that at least for me, and I think that's what I hear from others and trying to really listen and hear from staff about what's their, mm. you know, what's their biggest concern. And, you know, and I think the other thing just to say it out loud that comes up is money. And, and I think that's fair. We've all seen inflation. We're all working alongside people who are making three times as much as we are. Right. And so and I think that's the other piece of the economics of healthcare, I think have changed. And so we have to figure out how we, how we navigate that and still stay financially solvent, because as you know, we're, we're yeah. not for profit, Come, you know, healthcare is not for profit by and large. And so how do we do this in a way that's financially responsible and allows us to keep serving patients and all of that. So it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. challenging space for sure. And I think one that we have to, we're smart people, I think in general. <laughs> And I think we can solve it. So, 
Yeah. It's like, we need to be like, I want us to be in actually in true recovery mode to like really recover, you know, that's why each, I think hit wave has prolonged this experience. And, you know, I keep thinking about Marie said at one point in time, like our ability cognitively, cognitively during this pandemic, everybody's ability just like declined, um, which is incredible to think about and like how that affects a team, a workforce. You just, so everybody coming in personally has all this stuff that's going on with them and they're just not able to function in their best self. And then they're working with everybody and they can't function in their best self and they're all stressed out. And, uh, and so it'd be nice if we could get to a place of, okay, maybe here, maybe we're here now. I don't know. And then I would love that. And then I would love that for us. Um, I, you know, and like, maybe that's how we could start to rebuild and think about it. But like, if another wave hits, it's like, God damn it. Then we're in survival mode again. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know also what the way forward is. Um, I would love, I, I mean, we just haven't had the drive, I think, and the ability to do so many things like we used to do, like exactly yeah. what you, what you were saying. Um, and we spent so much time being afraid of one another also. Yeah. Like, like we just meaning like, okay, yeah, we all have our masks on and stuff, but it wasn't like, okay, now let's go meet this new person who showed up and let's go hang out with him and socialize. Cause we were all afraid everybody had COVID all the time. So <laughs> it was a really weird environment to work in. <laughs> and we don't, and isn't it weird to like, there are so many people that we work with. We've never seen their faces. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Like, it, it's weird. And, um, I don't know. I would. Yeah. And then I think like I've become such a hermit and I think this is probably true for other people. It's like, I don't even know how to socialize anymore. Like <laughs> I've become socially inept, right? Not only have cognitively have I declined, I've also like socially declined. So it's like, I don't, I don't know how to socialize. I'm like, I'll just go home and sit on my couch, <laughs> which is what I do every night. <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I'm like, gotta beeline to your car. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, yeah. I agree with you though. I feel like we do need, we need some like downtime and space, you know, where it's just things are calm for a while. And then I think people will start to find some of that energy to reinvest and to, but it's like everybody needs a long nap or something, you know, or we can mm-hmm. rejuvenate and. Yeah. Sorry to the public out there, but nobody needs to come to the hospital for like a couple of weeks so <laughs> yeah. that everybody can just get a breather, that's, you know, but that, that, that's, I think the thing that the public doesn't realize is that we're just, our hospitals run at such high capacity and now yeah. everyone's surgeries have been postponed and then we bring them back in and then we're just, so we're just continuing to be at high capacity. I know we only have a few more minutes left, Carrie. What? Um, do you have any, we might have to bring you on for, I might have to bring you back for part two, but, um, do you have any closing thoughts or any thoughts you want to share with everybody out there? Uh, you know, I guess, Nicole, I would just love to hear from your perspective, like, you know, how nursing leadership, what, you know, what could we do? Right. I mean, I think like, that's really what I'm trying to, to learn is like, 
Because I think about like the, you know, my job is to set direction and goal, obviously within organizational goals and working with staff. But like, I guess from your perspective, like, what do you think is the most next important steps is like that we take and that we, yeah. you guys have such good wisdom. Depends mm. <laughs> <laughs> on the day. Um, <clears throat> I, you sort you sort of alluded to it, but I think investing in, um, core, core staff to retain that, res, retain that historical knowledge. You know, I think, um, I don't, you know, I don't know what that looks like. Um, sometimes that is money, but also I don't, I, I don't know the answer. I think we, I think everybody just wants to kind of catch a break. Like we just want the census to die down. We want to have a chill day. You know, we want to have, um, okay. I actually have a real, real answer. And that is, could we staff to our full census? So right now, the way that we look at the units or how they're staffed, there's not always staffed for a full census, but we've been at full for two years, almost probably 18 months. We've been at full because we had a downtime about a few months after the pandemic started. So that's what I would say, because, and then eventually if you staff for that, then people will be like, okay, we have all the staff that we need, but that means we're not getting the candidates. Right. I just talked to Christy, you know, Fitzgerald and she's only like, they're getting like a hundred candidates where they would get 300. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Staffing feels easy because it feels like, even though it's hard, it feels like if you have enough people there, then they feel like the job isn't so hard and you can do the job you want to do. Like right. that's, I mean, you've heard me probably talk about on the show. It's hard when you feel like you can't do the job that you want to do, then that makes you feel like a little bit distressed inside. Um, or a lot of distress. And, yeah. And that's in every arena of, of yeah. healthcare, not just nursing. Right. But then we have this shortage. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, know. I, I, it's sort of like, you know, that hierarchy of needs, right. I think if we can, if we can get to that place where we are, fully staff for the patients we have in front of us, then I think people can start to think about different things, right? It, it, it's like mm-hmm. if you don't have a roof over your head or you don't mm-hmm. you have food on your plate, yeah. you, can't, you can't take care of any of those other needs. And I, I agree with you. That has to be, that has to be step one and, and letting people, you know, heal and feel whole again and feel like they can be the nurse or the therapist or. Yeah. But I mean, honest to God, Carrie, I feel like this is going to be like five to 10 years of work now. Like this, that we're not, you know, I don't even know what recovery looks like. You know, I think the healthcare world is forever changed. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not, there's not a quick fix here. And that's also daunting. It's, it's. Yeah. <laughs> It is like how it's job can, security, I guess, but it's, yeah, it is like how, how, I mean, one person can't fix it now. And, and everybody's also just struggling to just be, you know, whatever version of themselves they want to be having gone through a pandemic for two years and sort of seeing this, you know, now there's a war, you know, like it's just yeah. like, anyway, 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just killed the show. (laughs) (laughs) Really heavy. Sorry. Oh, well, I know we'll get through it. Yes, I do too. I do. I do think we will. I, I just don't, I just don't know what it looks like. Yeah, I, I think, well, like the rest of this whole pandemic, we've not, we figured it out as we've gone. And I think hopefully with some time, maybe we'll get some respite here and we'll start to regrow and start to say, okay, this is what we think it should look like. I do. I mean, I guess the one thing I do know is that it has to be all of us coming together and really informing that dialogue and, and, you know, as a team, right. I mean, we practice as a team. I think we have to do this as a team and, uh, and make sure that people's voices are heard and that there's that collaboration. I think that's the one thing that, so what that looks like, I don't know, but I, that process has to be a collaborative one. That's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that make sure that voices are heard and that there's, you know, good communication and transparency and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any last closing thoughts for the show or what gets you through? You have like, I know you have to run. Uh, what gets me through? I think what gets me through is a staff. I mean, I think, you know, as I round, I make sure that I carve out every time, every day to connect with staff and to hear from them and to, and to see what, you know, see their work, see what's challenging them. And, you know, that's what really gets me through. I mean, I'm, I exist for, to support our teams, right? My job is entirely there to support our teams and to support our staff. And so that's what gets me through is, is to be able to, you know, maybe help one person make their day easier or to solve, help solve one problem or to just listen to somebody or, you know, to hear a feedback or suggestion and to be able to take that and run with it to say, okay, yeah, that's absolutely what we need to do. And I think those are the little tiny wins that I hold on to to say, I made a difference today. I, I helped, you know, remove some barrier that was getting in somebody's way or, you know, or just bore witness to the challenges that they're facing. I mean, I can't, can't solve every problem, but I think that's what really as a leader, you know, connects me back to the work, connects me back to care, connects me back to why I'm here. It's, Mm -hmm. that's always why, I mean, that's why I went into leadership. I think initially was, I saw all the problems and I wanted to do something about them. And I felt like I could, I quickly realized that some of them, I couldn't. (laughs) No, but you did make, you did you did change things. You did make change. You helped make systemic change with collaboratively with people. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. always been for me about like working alongside people and, and even better yet for them to make those changes. Right. And so that's what gets me through, I think. And, you know, and, and I know, like, I know as, as bad as things were and that we don't know what the future holds at some point in time, all pandemics end. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so this too will end. <laughs> Yes. That's for certain. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's been repeated in history. We'll get there. I know that's so true. It will end. It yeah. will end. I've got a, I've got a Dr. Fauci yeah. right here next to me. <laughs> he, he says it's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> so one day Fauci. yeah, we'll be able to do something different. 
Yeah. I mean, we're, we're able, I don't know. I mean, for right now, like, you know, we're, 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 our world is feeling a little better right now here where we are. Yeah. Right now. Agreed. So. I'm going to hang on to that. I I am. I am. Um, I, I might have to bring you back sometime. Um, I would love to. I'm such a fan. Oh, well, I am too of you. You know, I I do want to say some people get like really down on leadership and nursing leadership and they think their CNOs don't care. That's bull. That's bull. This you're too this, clinical. This, you know, does <laughs> our, our leadership actually does care. I believe that. And I know that. And so I hope it's like that for you out there, wherever you are listening. Um, but, um, anyway, I'm blessed to be, to know you, Carrie. Oh, likewise, Nicole. I've learned so much from you over the years and what? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm like, Oh my God, Carrie, you're so amazing. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to just close this out and say, stay safe and stay sane. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave an honest review on whatever platform you're listening. Also, feel free to share this with your nursing colleagues. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at founddownpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any stories. Just make sure they're HIPAA compliant. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at founddownpodcast. We'll see you on the next one.